people travel in from various different places because they want a re- they want a reformed evangelical church and when they look on the map to find one the, there aren't really many mm. locally so um you suddenly realize you've got cultural diversity in kind of lots of different directions and uh some of those things you've got to figure out how mm. best to balance them and that Hello and welcome to Independence FIC podcast with me, Adrian Reynolds, Head of National Ministries for the FIC. I'm a long way from home today. I've come up the A1 to the promised land. Um, that is Stockton on Tees. Yep. And I'm here with Matt Oliver. Hello, Matt. Hi, nice to see you. And uh, just tell us where we are, first of all. So we are in Hardwick Baptist Church in our side hall. Uh, Hardwick is an area of Stockton on Tees, yeah. Great. And um, tell us who you are. So my name is Matt Oliver. I'm pastor here at Hardwick Baptist Church. I've How been long? here for just under eight years. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm married to Nancy. We've been married for just under thirteen years. Uh, we've got three kids. Their ages eleven, ten, and eight. Um, yeah, we we moved here from Doncaster in September 2015. Uh, I, for me personally, I grew up in Sunderland, uh, which is about half an hour up the year 19 from here. Uh, I grew up there in a Christian family, went to church there, I became a Christian at 13. Uh, my sister, my mom, my dad, a lot of my family uh, still live there and still go to church there. So you're close to home. I'm close to home. Is I, I know there's a football rivalry between yeah. um, Middlesbrough especially and Sunderland. Is there a kind of everything rivalry? Um, I mean, I, I, to me, I'm in the Northeast. Yeah. But presumably if you're here, you don't think that way. No, there's very much there's very much distinctive things. Yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah, Sunderland, Newcastle, Middlesbrough, uh, they yeah, they're all very different. So just up the accents road. are different. So well, help me. Football's so, different. I, I mean, to me, you've got. I love your accent, but is it a Sunderland accent? Yeah. So well, it, it is. It's it's less of a Sunderland accent than it would be if I was talking to my dad. Okay. Um, so you've acclimatised it a little bit. Yeah, Contextualised. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Years years at university mm. and then years away from Sunderland. Just mean I, I speak more with probably sadly a generic northeast accent rather than a very okay. specifically southern okay. accent. Yeah. And uh, so, um, how old are the kids? Uh, Eleven, ten, and eight. It's about to go into that um, that slightly slightly scary phase that's called secondary schooling. Yeah. So our eldest, she's going there in September. Yeah. Okay. And uh, just tell us a little bit about the area where we are. So we're in Hardwick. Yeah. Which is a kind of would you call it a suburb? It's kind of an area on the north yeah. edge of, of Stockton. Yeah. So we're right on the northwest side of Stockton. Um, Hardwick is... And it's literally fields then, isn't it? You yeah, know, it's you, fields you get beyond to the edge us. Of the yeah. it's, it's fields or, beyond us. Which sounds very rural, but yeah. fields are full of pylons. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we, um, we're we in what was a council estate really built end of the 1950s, early okay. 1960s. Uh, church built at the same time? Yep, church built at the same time. I think church is actually one of the first buildings completed Okay, um, so back in those heady days where developers and councils and whoever yeah gave, to put churches in places, gave yeah. places and building. Yes, if yeah. any of that the case now. Anyway, yeah. so yeah. yeah, so the yeah we it's yeah mixed estate now. So probably a third is still kind of council or housing association run and managed. Yeah. Third of it will be privately owned. Probably a third of it will be privately rented. Although I think that last figure, maybe when the next census data comes out, I think that privately rented will be a lot higher. Uh, a number of houses that were sold recently have been bought by landlords. Um, right, right. And that's partly because of where we are. We're not far from the hospital in Stockton. It's just at the bottom edge of the estate. And so a lot of people who move here to take in jobs in the hospital, rentals, you know, it's prime rental space really for 
for them, at least in the short term. Mm -hmm. So you find that a lot of a lot of landlords have bought houses. Interesting, a lot of landlords who maybe don't come and see the houses. They live in London, they live somewhere in the south of England, they go, Oh, I can buy a house really cheap and rent it out and make plenty of money off it. They'll just buy it for cash and and then it's job done really. So yeah, so that's probably increased. Um the estate as a whole is about seven thousand people ish, about three thousand houses. Um we would be the only kind of gospel teaching church here, uh, active in the in the community really. So it's a lot of people. Lot How of people big is Stockton in totality? Stockton town on its own, I think is between eighty and ninety thousand. Okay. Stockton Metropolitan Borough Council, which takes in another kind of five towns around the outside, would probably then be double that. Yeah. And then you've got Billingham out to one side and Middlesbrough, which yeah. are big, big places in them, well, Middlesbrough yeah. especially, big places in themselves, yeah. their own district yeah. and, and what have you. Yeah. And the kind of, so not, I don't want to call it a blob, but when you look on the map, it's kind of, there's no, um, there's no space between them really, no. is there? Main, no. main roads perhaps. It's, but yeah, it's the main roads. So Middlesbrough and Stockton really are split by the year 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, tell us a little bit more about how you came to the church. Cause it's a great story. love to hear it. How, how did you come to be here? Yeah. Apart from the fact that you basically spent your working and ministry life driving up and down the A1. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but how come Doncaster to here? So we, we were in Doncaster for three years. I was working part-time at Grace Church in Doncaster. Um, and that was always intended to be a, a training role at, at a kind of limited time uh, contract really and so coming to then look for a, a church job we um basically my wife and i had kind of three or four criteria that we were looking at so we, we wanted to be in the northeast of england and um, partly because nancy's family are in barnsley my family are in sunderland we wanted to be regionally there uh but we also knew that northeast is a region particularly for me having grown up there and then nancy having lived there for a while we knew that there was big gospel need really in lots sure. of different yeah. places and so we wanted to go a to a church in the northeast b to a church that was in an area where there was either little or no gospel witness so that maybe that church was the only one in a particular area or one of a few in a in a larger broader area and we wanted to go somewhere basically that was going to be a deprived community really again of which there are lots in the north of england yeah, but not yeah. necessarily so in terms of places yeah not churches though in places that doesn't necessarily narrow the field that no. much there's lots of places that have yeah. And still have extraordinary gospel need yeah. in the northeast. Yeah, so we weren't we weren't narrowing down a lot of places, yeah. but we weren't massively narrowing down kind of church jobs because a lot of the churches in those places are either now very small and can't afford to employ anybody, or they aren't looking for anybody, yeah. or maybe actually just a lot of people. Which nobody knows that they're there mm. apart from maybe a handful of people in that local community. So lots so. of need, but not lots of jobs. Yeah. Yeah, so not not a lot of jobs, not necessarily a lot of resources, particularly financially, and therefore, yeah. you know, not a lot of jobs going. So we we were praying about that, looking into that. There weren't there weren't really many or any for a while. We had a couple of conversations about possible options if there was funding yeah, or if, if this could happen. Place, like, yeah. that fell into place, and yeah. none of yeah. and none of it did. Um, and then um, got an email from a, a a lad who I knew from when I'd worked with UCCF as a staff worker. He's now pastor in FIC Church. Um, he's called Tim Wilson. Uh, he read my prayer letter and he'd seen that I was looking for a job in the Northeast and he knew that Hardwick's minister at the time was retiring. So he messaged me and said, I think it might be a good fit for you if that's what you're looking for. Why don't you kind of get in touch with them? So I thought, I'll, I'll wait and see if the advert comes up somewhere and, and if it does, I'll, I'll apply. Mm. 
kind of nothing came of it into the next year. This is kind of January, end of January time. So I thought I'll go on, the, I'll see if I can find the church website, found it. It did say our pastor's retiring. We're going to be looking for a, a new minister. We'll be, we'll have a kind of application process soon. So I just dropped them an email through the contact form on the church website and said, hi, this is what, this is who I am. This is what I'm looking for. I see you looking for, do you have an application pack or anything you can send me? Um, and basically or an email straight back from the church secretary saying, yes, we're just putting it together. I'll send it out to you. Two days later, I dropped on a doormat uh, in Doncaster. So I applied for it. Church invited me up initially just to come and visit the Did church. Did it tick all your boxes? And it did tick all the yeah. boxes, yeah. Um, and yet, interestingly, after that first visit, we were on the way back home and thought, that's probably not where we're going to go and we'll look for Why did else. you think that? I think there was a number of things, really. I think a lot of them were selfish. We, we got there and, and there weren't really many adults our age okay. or yeah. in our stage of life. Most of the adults were older. Uh, than us and kind of kids growing up and, and whatever else. And the church service we were at in the morning, I think there were only probably two other kids under okay. 16. And they were yeah. our kids at the time were really little. So in fact, when we first came, my wife was pregnant with our third child. So we had two kids under three and there were, there were just no other kids. And we just thought that's going to be really hard bringing up kids in a church where they don't have any peers and mm. all this kind of stuff. So a lot of it was more selfish reasons. And then over the course of time, the next couple of months, we talked to people, we prayed about it. We went back to you know that, those criteria I just mentioned. So you know what? If if this church calls us or calls me to be the pastor, actually it, it's exactly what we've been praying for. You know, it's pretty obvious, isn't it, that, that this is where God is 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 taking us, we, we would say. So yeah. And then since the rest is history, I came up and preached with a view to to come in, visited the church, was interviewed by the deacons and by the church and Church the family and accent didn't put them off. No, it didn't. I mean, I, I did say to them, interestingly, you know, when the church interviewed me and people asked various questions, variety, as you can probably imagine, from the sublime to, not I want to say the ridiculous, but that kind yeah, of range yeah, of yeah, questions. Yeah. Uh, and uh, somebody did then say to me, uh, well, I said to them, actually, you know, if you if you if you choose to to call me and employ me, I am going to make all my mistakes on you because this is my this is the first church sure. I'll be taking on as a pastor, and they still called me, so they were obviously weren't too put off. <laughs> and you're still that. here after and eight I'm years. Still here after eight years. Yeah, that so means something. God has been very yeah. God has been yeah. very faithful and gracious to, to 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 do that. So yeah, that's that's how we came really to be here, and it's 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 been good. It's had its ups and downs, as I think every church minister who might mm. be listening to this of will course. know. Yeah, of but uh, yeah, God has been very good. And how has the church changed over that time? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the ways he's, he's been good. at. It's not all about numbers of people, but we, the church congregation has grown, which is great. I think the church family who are here have probably grown spiritually. Um, I think that we've seen some people return to the church who'd kind of left it, uh, left church full stop or left this church a long time ago and have, have come back, which is great. And we've seen them grow. Um, we've got some more younger families. The demographic has probably shifted. It was It was much more weighted towards the kind of over 60s. Um, in terms of the adult population in the church, that's now that's now more of a spread. Um, so yeah, it's been been very good financially. God has been very gracious to us as well, um, and so yeah, I think it's probably changed a little bit in terms of the age demographic and therefore that dynamic. I think it's changed in we probably have a few more people who are from the local area attending, even if they've not kind of come to faith yet. And we also now, and this is more of a broader change in I think deprived communities or council estates or, or maybe even northern towns, uh, we have a, a, a wider ethnic diversity than we right. would have had okay. even when 
I was here, and if you went back twenty or thirty years, much more so. Which might surprise people because you tend to think of um, uh, sort of white working class estates, sort of classically. Yeah. Um, But actually, um, people come people come and work in hospitals, don't they? People come because the housing is cheaper. Yeah. And so actually, areas change very rapidly, don't they? Have you have you seen that even in eight years? Oh yeah, most definitely. So I mean, just recently, so within the last twelve months, we've probably had three families who originally from Nigeria, have, have joined us, a uh, couple for working in a hospital, others because they were living in places like Reading or Birmingham or outside of London, that kind of area, and just all their money was going out on food and rent and bills, mm-hmm. and they had nothing yeah. else, yeah. nothing to send back to family, nothing to kind of do anything fun with, and just looked and thought, we need to live somewhere cheaper, we still need a job in the you know the fields that we work in, and... That is literally what one guy did. He looked up jobs in cheaper places to live on Google, okay. and a job and a job came up with a hospital here, Harvard. and he saw the rent disparity between where he was living and here, and just thought, "This is a no-brainer. Yeah. I can work in basically the same job, getting the same pay, and pay half the rent." So they live just the other side of the estate, and they've started coming to so us, which is great. I mean, we're all becoming cross-cultural workers, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, which is interesting because what you know, you go through your training. Yeah. You know, perhaps if you're thinking about mission work, or you're thinking about going to, I don't know. East End of London, where I was, and you, you know, you got sixty nationalities in the church already. You think, oh, I'll take, I'll take the module, or I'll read the book, or whatever, on cross-cultural yeah. work. But actually, we're all working yeah. in cross-cultural work, and e- even when you've got age ranges within church, yeah. the differences in culture now between Christians in their seventies who have grown up as Christians yeah. all through the fifties and sixties yeah. and so on, and teenagers who are Christians, yeah. even that is crossing cultural yeah, barriers, isn't well. it? And yeah, we, we, we've got to be set up for that, haven't we, in church life? Yeah, I mean, I think you suddenly realise there's questions all over the place, isn't there? So for example, so what sorts of things, is it, what sort of questions is it raising here? So you? I think traditionally you've got, so think about the age culture, the older generation are used to, we do two services on a Sunday, we do a midweek meeting. Right. That's So there's kind of a, ri- there's a, there's a rhythm to Christian just, life, yeah, which you, is holy. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and it's not that necessarily that's a bad thing, but then you get a generation or a cultural difference where, Actually, church is just Sunday morning. It might be a long Sunday morning, so actually it would be yeah, the service meal. plus a meal plus yeah, chatting yeah. afterwards. Yeah. But that's that's it, and yeah. there's not really much else that they've been used to in a, in a in a calendar week. So there's differences there. Um, you get which some of that's age, some of that's ethnicity, some of it's you know even class culture. I think you get differences there too, and so we. We as a church are, in that sense, quite broad in that way too. People travel in from various different places because they want a re- they want a reformed evangelical church, and when they look on the map to find one, the, there aren't really many mm. locally. So um, you suddenly realise you've got cultural diversity in kind of lots of different directions, and uh, some of those things you've got to figure out how mm. best to balance them and act. I'm not saying we do them well. I'm sure we do a lot of them very badly, but it's but it's realizing they're there, I guess, and then figuring out how you how you manage them from there. Yeah. So actually, you're you're thinking as leaders about, for example, a Sunday evening service, yeah, or whether to have small groups instead of a midweek meeting, yeah. becomes not just about tradition, yeah, um, or about you know how can we do something better, how can we insert this, how can we insert that, but actually you're juggling these different cultures, aren't you, at yeah. the same time. With kind of competing interests, yeah, and juggling norms as well. You're not just trying to introduce a new norm. People have got very different norms to begin with. I, I remember when I was um, pastor in a small Grace Baptist church down in Hampshire, 
Um, and we were trying to think about Sundays a little bit differently and how we introduced different things. We basically had one norm that everyone shared. Yeah. And we were trying to say, no, let's try doing this. Yeah. But now you're describing a situation where you've actually got many yeah. kind of normal models that people yeah, have. And so it has to be a bit more give and take at that point, doesn't it? Yeah, I think there does. And I, and I think we're probably coming to, we're probably going to come more into that in the coming years because I think our dynamic has probably shifted probably quite rapidly in 12, 18 months, probably post-COVID is some yeah, of that yeah, too. Yeah. Um, and so actually we need to probably get on our toes and think, right, what's this going to look like? Mm. What's the expectation potentially? And I'm raising questions here I've not thought about necessarily, <laughs> but you know, what's, that, what's the expectation on those who become church members? What are they expected to be at, not be at? Yeah. How much can you make that prescriptive? How much can you not? Yeah, church leaders. Yeah, if you, if yeah. you don't attend everything in church... Traditionally, you'd never have been considered to be an elder. Yeah. But is that is that still a is that still a burden we can place on people? I'm not sure it is. Yeah, no, it's a but good question. Thinking that through, that's, yeah, yeah. For, that's not easy, is it? Yeah. One of the other things we talked about earlier that we, I thought would be good for us to talk about on on the podcast as well is is something that you've got and lots of churches have, and I've been in churches like this where you you want to be a church for where you are. Yeah. The Lord has given you this place and this estate. Yeah. With its needs, and you want to reach out, but inevitably, with the decline of churches elsewhere. You, I mean, I don't know how Stockton is, is a huge place you're just describing. How, how many other kind of gospel-centered churches would there be in Stockton? A handful, presumably. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's it's where the it's where the theological, I want to say, the bigger, probably second-tier issues are. That's where we would probably be sure, very much on sure. our own. But um, you could, you, people who are looking for a reformed Bible preaching, warm-hearted contemporary church. Yeah, there's not a lot of options. No. No, so they're coming to not. you from off a state. Yeah. And I drove in through here, very mixed area, all yeah. kinds of different places. Yeah. How do you, let, let's just talk about this. And I, I realize we're talking about stuff, you know, perhaps you haven't really thought through yet. And I haven't really thought through, but it's useful for us to talk about it. Yeah. There's a challenge here, isn't there, with being a church for the people the Lord has brought through the door. Yeah. They are the flock. We are to be shepherds of the flock, you and yeah. I. And who are the flock the Lord has given us? They're the yeah. people who are walking through the door. But we're also to be a mission outpost. Yeah. And we're kind of holding these things in tension, aren't we? Just just tell us some of the things that that throws up for you. Yeah, in, so I mean, that, 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 it, it is a massive challenge. It's something I've thought a little bit about, but I, so I what still think we don't necessarily do it really live well. on the estate. Roughly. So if you're talking about people who are church members, yeah. there's probably only 10 to 15% live on the estate, right. church okay. members. If you talk okay. about people who attend the church on a Sunday, that that would increase. Yeah. So some of the people who've joined more recently, they've they've rented houses or bought houses. Sure. So they're not members. So they're people who could be members. They could they're be not members, members, yeah, yeah. But, but aren't yeah. at the minute. So there's a little bit, the proportion increases if you start to Got broaden it. that out a little Got bit. It. But again, it's it's vast majority yeah. people who yeah. live elsewhere. And they drive in from all sorts of places. It's not just that they're in the next suburbs of Stockton. We have people who come from at Yarm, which is 15, 20 minute drive that way. You've got people who come from little villages just outside of Stockton. You've got people who travel in from kind of, I guess, almost out towards Darlington way, but not into Darlington. And and, 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 and so you, you, you then suddenly realize, imagine if you do a ring around the church, you've probably got people coming in from at least a 10 mile radius, right. maybe some, yeah. maybe further than that, um, which just means then effectively you're reaching Stockton and a bunch of other towns. Yeah, but and presumably some of those places are just one person coming or a yeah. couple coming yeah. from there. It's not like there's a whole yeah. home group ready to go. Yes, in yeah, exactly. Wherever suburb yeah, Darlington. Because ideally, like for me and I think for the church, they know this is partly my heart, and I think it's the heart of the elders as a whole. Is 
we would we'd love to we would plant a church and yeah, say yeah. right why yeah. don't you guys go there because it's closer you're all nearer yeah. to yeah. it but then you've got the problem of well have we got enough leaders to send to plant a church have we got a space to do that and there's the questions are as well yeah there's a lot of different questions that you mm. then have to answer on that but yeah we haven't got it's not all clustered they're kind of scattered everywhere so it does it does make it does make it a, a really challenging thing when i guess the heart of the people and the heart of the church at least uh, verbally as well would be we want to reach the local estate because nobody else is doing it but at the same time i'm convinced the best way to do that is to live in the local community which yeah, the vast majority yeah, of the church yeah. doesn't so there is a bit of a clash and tension there of we i think we're i think but you've we're got people coming it. who do live in local yeah, we communities do. just yeah, not exactly. this one yeah yeah so yeah. there is a tension there isn't yeah there? absolutely yeah I'd, and i think being clear about what the church is is really helpful in yeah. that. so i think without you know embracing all the language of vision and mission and all that sort of trendy stuff just knowing what the church is trying to do yeah. i think that's a really key part of leadership isn't yeah. it the ch church i was in i was i was like that i was one of those commuters in right okay, i have to confess my sins well only because there were no other churches yeah. around and we traveled across the town to another part of town um a, quite a, a bounded estate of um, housing association properties yeah and um the, the church i think didn't really know what it wanted to be right um, it wanted to be a church for the estate, but I don't think, and I was one of the leaders for a time, I don't think we could ever bring ourselves to say that. Yeah. <laughs> because actually we realised a lot of people were coming to the church yeah. from off the estate. But actually I think we do owe it to people to be honest about what the church is yeah. is trying to do. And, and even, even then to say to people, you're really valuable to us, because actually perhaps you live in a smarter area, perhaps yeah. you have a different kind of job. Actually you can finance work here, for yeah. example. And we want you to have a heart for what goes on here. And that, yeah. One of the greatest things I think you, you then see is you see someone from off the estate coming and taking part yeah. in a toddler group for the estate, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And you see people with a heart. Yeah. But but I I think um so I'll give you a chance to talk in the moment I'm just rambling Sorry. on now. Um I, I think the challenge there is we forget as pastors to or we, we can forget as pastors to help those people live as Christians where yeah. they are as well. Yeah. And that's the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is absolutely. And I think just some of the examples you give there, we have got people doing that. They live decently out from here, but they are coming in middle of the week and either serving in a toddler group or helping with a youth group or yeah. Yeah. coming they get in it. doing a craft they group. They get it. Absolutely. And praise the Lord for people like that. Oh, yeah, yeah most, we don't want to most definitely. belittle that, do we? No, that's really not important. At all. It, it's brilliant. But there is, yeah. there is, there is always that tension of, how do you reach the estate well while also looking after what is a, a larger congregation of yeah, people who yeah. are from all over the place? I, so, I wonder if one of the ways, I'm just thinking aloud here, one of the ways we can do that is we think actually that the programs are centered on the church. Yeah. So your toddler group or a youth group, whatever it is, that's kind of, that's located, isn't yeah. it? Where the building is. And we want people to, we want people who belong to the church and come to the church regularly to really buy into that. But we also are sending people out into the world, wherever they are, whether they work in the hospital, whether they work at Amazon, whatever it is. Um, so actually, in that sort of one Peter way, we want to send people out into the world to live for Jesus, yeah. wherever they are. Yeah. And actually, if at some moment they're able to say to a neighbor, you know, they live five miles away, but they're able to say to a neighbor, oh, I go to church, you know, somewhere else. Why don't you come with me? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that was the hardest thing we used to find, um, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not sure if there's any way around this. Is in, is inviting our neighbours to somewhere they wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be on their radar. Yes, travel to, yeah. 
Yeah. And they might come to hospital here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a church yeah. just by the hospital. Maybe yeah. that's the way to do it. Yeah, maybe that is the way to do it. Now, tell us what's encouraging in church because there's some um, exciting news coming up, isn't there? Tell us about that. Yeah, so we, um, we as a church applied to the FIC training fund to um, fund or part fund a training women's work at Rome. So we advertised that earlier this year. We've had some applications for that, and actually the interviews for it are next week. Right. So <coughs> this time next week, I think it'll be mid. I think I'll be mid interview actually, uh, from the timings we've got for it. So you could pray with us for that and thank God that we had some applications, uh, but pray that we have the right lady for the job at the right time, uh, so that we can both uh, train them up and 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 enable them to to serve in that way. But also for the life of the church, I think it'll be it'll be great, uh, both internally and externally. So we. Tell us I about both of those. How, how will that make a difference to you, that, that position? Because lots of churches are thinking about um, women's workers. Yeah. And actually lots of churches in harder to reach places are discovering that appointing a women's worker just really opens up lots of opportunities. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about both internally and externally, how you, how you see that as, uh, as blessing the church and its work. So I think for two reasons, well, internally and externally. So externally, there'll be more women on the estate than there would be men. Right. And internally, I think we've got more female okay. members yep. And, yep. And, and attenders. That, so there's partly it's just a, a logical thing of, ah, right, we, we're more, more women than men. And so that will be, a, there's lots of things that could be done. Women who could be supported internally, you know, read the Bible with book groups, that kinds of thing that would help mature the Christian women. And, and probably some personal related things that would be harder for women to then, I guess, speak to a male elder about or, or somebody else about that they might feel more able to and get to the bottom of more quickly. Mm. Now, it's not that we then say as elders, right, pastoral care of women is just somebody else's job because it still is our responsibility, but that that dynamic then changes, I think, and is helpful. So we're hoping that that will be something long-term, be better. And externally, like I say, we have, have a craft group that meets here. It's all women who come to that. Right, um, okay. And some of them are locally from the estate, some are from the church family. We have a so you a, come with your knitting, do you? And your, your yeah, crochet or whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, people say, "Oh, knitting." I said, "If I tried to knit, I'd knit my fingers. <laughs> I'd tie my fingers together." But um, we also have a toddler group that runs during the week, and the vast majority of sure. people okay. who come to that are either the mams or nanas or aunties or yeah. whoever it is. So you're actually talking about staffing so, your current evangelistic opportunities. Yeah, really. partly. Yeah. yeah, so it's staffed now by volunteers, which is wonderful, and they do a great job. Um, but we, we're aware that actually there is. I guess there's more that could be developed through those things if we had somebody who was set aside to do that mm. as their yeah, full-time job, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and it's mainly a training role. It would have been a training role, whoever applied, because in reality we go, well, even if you have somebody who's done women's work elsewhere, just it's context. Context is context so different. Is so different. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. We, we're, we're looking at appointing somebody and, and, and hopefully training them through... Um, Various means. One of the things we're going to get them to do is the Medhurst Women's uh, sure, training yeah, course. Yeah. Um, they'll be part of that training, and then some of it will be internally. Some of it will just be mentoring and, and personal support, really, from from an older, more mature Christian. In the well, it's, it's great that the training fund's been able to help with that. And yeah, we'll absolutely. Oh, have to help absolutely with that. Yeah. And um, when the application came in, um, as with many applications, the training fund just really exciting. Yeah. To read, you know, churches having a heart and a vision, and very often the thing that's missing are. You know, is, is the resources and the yeah. money to make it happen. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so actually, you know, st stories where you hear about churches giving, um, you know, church in a more affluent area, giving to support another church to support this kind of role, really exciting because yeah. that's kind of the heart of gospel partnership. Oh, yeah, really, absolutely. And so we're very thankful for that. So yeah. hopefully, 
one of the one of the candidates is suitable next week will be uh well we'll be praying for that by the time this goes out um the appointment will be made so maybe we need to we'll put a link in the notes yeah to your website so yeah. we can have a look at who's who's been appointed yeah. to the, the role and um, just as we finish uh, people will be listening to this i hope they'll be encouraged they'll want to be praying perhaps get the churches praying tell us what is encouraging you what what can we you know we're, we're told to rejoice with those who rejoice what what are you rejoicing in that we can rejoice in too first of all and secondly how can churches in the fic be praying for you at the moment great oh, i mean i mean that's it's wonderful isn't it i think you're right to highlight that that part partnership in prayer is great and uh, it's good to have that locally, but it's also good to have that yeah, more, yeah. more broadly. So I think what's been encouraging is, I think, like I say, the church has grown numerically and we've had a, a number of different people from different ethnicities and backgrounds joining us recently, which is great. Um, and I think just wanting to to use that well, to, to serve them wisely, but to, to see that be of benefit to the church in lots of different ways. Um, uh, by the time this goes out, this might have happened too, but on the 24th of June, we've got, a family fun day so it's something that is now a i guess a known thing in the community people kind of yep, expect okay. it to happen which is great Do you have that here yeah so yeah, yeah we okay. use the inside and the outside of the building and have various things on um so that's a, a good opportunity for us to to reach out um so yeah generally encouraged i think the church family are overall generally encouraged with the you know the way with the way things are going um with just kind of fellowship and we have yeah a very uh, a very lovely, very committed, very caring church family, which is which well, is great. Which, 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 you can't take that for granted. No, you can't. And I think my wife and I have benefited from that massively yeah, too. Yeah. So we're very thankful f- for those things. And um, pray for yeah, this women's worker role. Pray that the right person comes in that we can train them well. That that would be good for gospel ministry here and and potentially elsewhere. There may be ways in which yeah, that helps yeah. us to serve other people. Yeah. Um, and 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 long term, we want to be able to, um use the resources we've been given to potentially train other people in other roles, whether they then stayed with us or went elsewhere. Um, and just, I guess the prayer would be that we have lots of contacts in the estate, which is wonderful. But for, for a lot of them, it's figuring out, well, how do we, how do we progress those from people who say hello, people who would speak well of the church, people who we, we know to getting them into, well, how are we going to get somebody to read the Bible with them? Are they going to come along to a Hope Explored course, or are we going to? How are we going to develop those yeah. relationships so that we can see people saved, really? And I mm-hmm. think that's that's the challenge. Coming back to what we talked about earlier, of having a mixed congregation, some who live locally, but most who live out, is developing those relationships takes longer when you're not seeing people every yeah. day wandering Got around. Got um, so that's probably a, a big yeah. challenge for us evangelistically but we can be very thankful to God that he's blessed us in lots of ways thank you so much Matt great to have talked to you no, to hear you. a bit more about the area and get people praying uh, thanks for spending time with us and thanks for listening to Independence FIC podcast if you like the podcast if you rate it and review it it just helps other people find it so please do that and uh, we'll catch up with you soon <laughs>